I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, babes. Welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited to be back for, you know, some more new content. I know I've been sharing um, older favorite episodes uh, from the archives, so to speak, and, you know, been taking a bit of a break from recording new content, but I'm very excited to talk to you today in this episode on the topic of belonging to yourself and what it means to belong to yourself. And I think before we jump into that, I think it's important to point out that when we think about what it means to belong or having a sense of belonging, often for many of us that that sort of term or that idea is centered in, you know, how we are in relation to other people, right? Or where we fit in a broader sense of community, which I think is really important, right? And, you know, is is kind of its own piece that it is really key for human thriving is a sense of belonging, right? Feeling like we are a part of something greater, feeling like we are connected to a community, feeling like we have a sense of our roles and where we fit. And I think that, you know, that is really a basic human need, many would say. But I think when we talk about belonging and, you know, belonging to a community, belonging to a group, belonging to a family, whatever it is, I think often we can really lose what it means to belong to ourselves. And I think some of that is even further exacerbated by the fact that, you know, for many of us, belonging to a group can feel like the most important sense of belonging that we feel, right? The way that we belong or don't belong with others. And it can feel so important that for many of us, and, you know, if you're listening to this podcast if you've been with me for a while, there's a chance that you may self-identify as being a people pleaser, as being codependent, as somebody who, you know, might struggle with the idea of really valuing other people's opinions of us over our own needs. Something I've struggled with for a long time, most of my life, and has really been a journey for me. And that comes from the fact that we think about belonging and we often default to, you know, well, I want to belong, so I will make myself fit into whatever other people are expecting of me or what other people are needing from me in order to belong. And so I think when we think about what it means then to belong to ourselves, that can be tough. It can feel like it is, it is counter to the idea of belonging to a group. And sometimes it can be, right? I think many of us try to fit ourselves into spaces that we don't fit or that aren't designed to help us fit. And so we find ourselves in these moments where we're, we're feeling, you know, connected in a group. Sure. We're a part of a group, but do we really feel that deep sense of belonging where we are also in alignment with ourselves, with who we are and with what we believe. Right. And I can bet, I think probably for most people. So for you listening to this right now, 
I wonder if you can think about a group or a space or a setting or a context where technically you belong, right? There's the sense that you are a part of, you know, whether it's a workplace, an institution, whether it is a friend group you're a part of or a, you know, an identity-based community where technically you are part of it, you belong, but maybe that belonging doesn't feel in deep alignment with who you actually are, right? Maybe there's the sense of like, oh, I get, I can fit in this space, but I have to deny or suppress certain parts of who I am in order to do that. Some would argue that's not really belonging, right? But I think for me, I look at that and I think, okay, you can achieve a sense of belonging in the group, but as long as you sort of compromise the sense of belonging to yourself. And I think if we're going to prioritize belonging to ourselves, a big piece of that is recognizing where that is not in alignment with what it takes to belong to a group. And also seeing that any group that asks you to deny parts of who you are or hide or suppress parts of who you are in order to fit is not a group that's really inviting you to belong, is not a group that is really aiming to be inclusive of you if there is anything about yourself that you have to hide or suppress or push down or push away in order to fit in that group. And so I think belonging to yourself is really about understanding who it is that you really are and being able to lean into those authentic parts of yourself in a way that helps you to align more deeply with, oh, is this a group I can really belong in? Can I be my true authentic self? Or do I have to sort of contort myself and my personality and change and chameleon my way in in order to fit in and feel belonging, which is not going to lead to a deep, fulfilling sense of belonging in the long run. But I think another piece of belonging to yourself is not simply the, you know, am I, am I fitting into spaces as authentically who I am versus who I think others want me to be? It actually goes beyond that in how we view and hold space for the parts of ourselves. And when I say the parts of ourselves, right? So I, I am a life coach. I work with clients, um, primarily in the area of self-worth. So I help people, I do a lot of exploring kind of relationship dynamics and body image and sexuality and shame and a lot of stuff. A lot falls under the umbrella of self-worth. But, uh, you know, work that I, I tend to dive into relatively frequently with clients is inner child work. And so, you know, when you're exploring your inner child, if this is a, you know, for some of you, this may be a, not a new concept, but if it, this is a new concept for you, at its most basic, right, the, the concept of the inner child is this idea that within each of us, we are carrying pieces of ourselves earlier in life, right? And often pieces of ourselves as a child, some of those same fears and longings and mentalities that we had when we were younger, So when I think of my inner child, um, and if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me like literally post pictures of myself at this age, right? Because I feel very connected to her. My inner child is like kindergarten age, roughly. And, you know, she comes out for me in moments that I am just feeling some of my most vulnerable feelings, which usually are around a deep desire for love and connection, 
right? My inner child is so hungry for love and just sort of unbridled affection and, you know, expressions of care from others, right? Which is something that when I look at my adult self, right, when I'm thinking of that in terms of my adult self really wants that deep love and affection, I can feel judgment toward myself for that. And I wonder for you listening, you know, what those emotions are that come up for you that feel really tender and really vulnerable that you shame and judge yourself for. I think a lot of us have those that we, whatever those are that we carry around, these feelings that when those come up, you try as hard as you can to kind of squish it down, right? You might feel shame about it. You might be telling yourself, oh, I, w- I shouldn't be feeling this way right now. Or I wish I wasn't so blank, right? Whatever the emotional experience is or the longing or the desire or the fear that comes up, right? We can often experience this sense of self-judgment because we tell ourselves, why well, shouldn't feel this way? We can intellectualize it, right? And say, ugh, you know, I shouldn't need X, Y, Z, right? So back to the example of me, and I know this is true for many of you listening, is this feeling of like, ugh, I don't want to be so needy. You know, I wish I wasn't so needy. I shouldn't need, you know, all of this expression of love from the people I care about. I shouldn't need something to feel safe, right? And I'm doing heavy air quotes around should and shouldn't, right? But you can't see that because this is a podcast. Um, But, you know, we, we tell ourselves these stories about what we should or shouldn't need. And we're viewing ourselves through the adult lens. And so what inner child work helps us to do is a number of things, right? One, it helps us to connect with where those vulnerable emotions are coming from. And often these are things that came up for us and, you know, were never resolved fully or just were things that were really, really present and important for us in childhood and continue to persist and to be present and to be part of how we, you know, feel safe in the world and get our needs met, right? And in adulthood, we start to shame those because we tell ourselves, oh, I should be evolved past that by this point. But doing this inner child work helps us understand, A, where that's coming from, and B, helps us to feel a deeper sense of compassion and even a sense of protectiveness toward that part of ourselves. And so what I mean by that is, you know, often with clients, when we start exploring the concept of the inner child, right, and understanding, okay, this fear is coming up for you or this emotion is coming up for you and you're feeling judgment toward it but you know that this feeling has been with you since you were a little child. What if you could imagine yourself the first time you started feeling that feeling, right? The first time you remember really feeling that. Picture yourself at that age. So for me, again, like four or five years old, right? Around kindergarten age. Picture yourself at that age and imagine not that you're feeling that as a, you know, 31-year-old woman, but imagine that a five-year-old version of you is coming to you, right? That you are standing as adult you and a small version of you is coming to you and looking at you as the adult and saying, you know, I feel like I want attention right now or will you tell me that you love me or will you give me a hug or, you know, asking for that need to be met. But through that persona of the small, you know, vulnerable, sweet kind of innocent, for lack of a better term, version of you, right? Imagine that that version of you is 
is coming to you and expressing that need. It feels a lot more difficult to feel judgment toward a child asking for that need to be met. It's a lot harder to feel judgment toward that child than it is to feel judgment toward adult you who you feel like, oh, I should have dealt with this by now, right? We feel that shame and judgment toward the adult versions of ourselves. But when we view those expressions of emotion as coming from that vulnerable version of us, it's a lot easier to practice compassion and also to practice a sense of protectiveness, to practice a sense of, you know, being a person who helps that child to find its way in the world safely, right? So when you think of whatever those emotions are that come up for you, that are vulnerable, that are difficult, but they are needs that are being expressed. And there was a child who needed an adult to help them figure out how to make, meet those needs, how to get those needs met. How would you help that child to navigate getting that need met? How would you encourage that child that their need is okay? That the way that they are feeling is okay and that it is safe to feel that and that they are not alone. If we can view these vulnerable parts of ourselves, especially the parts that we feel such shame about, these these vulnerable emotional experiences, right? These needs that we have that feel so raw and so scary, if we can view those with the compassion and approach those with the compassion that we would use to approach a small child, if we can view these as parts of ourselves that deserve our love and attention, then we can reach a deeper level of belonging to ourselves, right? Of not only acknowledging it is okay and it is safe for me to be my most authentic self, but also that there is room for even the parts of me that I feel the deepest shame about. There is room for the parts of me that feel vulnerable and scary to admit. There is room for those parts of me because they're an expression of an inner child version of me and the adult version of me can help the child version to navigate through that. The adult version of me can shepherd that more vulnerable part of myself into a place where they feel safety. This is the definition of belonging to yourself. It is recognizing that adult you has a responsibility to care for your inner child, which is making me giggle right now a little bit because I'm, I'm thinking about a tweet and I don't know who this was. So, I'm, you know, I, if I can find it, I will credit this person maybe in the show notes, but somebody <laughs> makes me think of somebody who tweeted recently, um, can I count my inner child as a dependent on my taxes? <laughs> But, you know, I, it, this is real, meaningful, deep work to take a sense of responsibility as the fully actualized adult version of you now to not only accept the parts of you that you feel shame about, that you feel vulnerable about, but to accept the responsibility of caring for that version of you, for helping that version of you feel safe and safely expressed, Right. For really allowing that 
vulnerable version of you to belong to the adult version of you who is there to remind that inner child that they are okay, that they belong, that they are safe, that they are loved, and that it is okay to feel their feelings. So to wrap this up, we'll do just a little moment of not like a full-on meditation, right? But honestly, a little meditation. I want you to just take a second. You can close your eyes if you want to or just soften your gaze somewhere off into the distance, right? Just pause what you're doing. Tune into your breathing. Start to inhale deeply through your nose. And exhale slowly through your mouth. Just taking a moment to connect with your body and your breath. This inner child concept is is an intense one for a lot of people. And so, one, if that's something that you'd like to be kind of guided and supported in exploring, please know that I do offer one-on-one coaching and support around this. And, you know, not only that, but tangible exercises that I will help you to work through and practice in, you know, ways that you can connect with this version of yourself and explore this deeper, right? But also know it's okay to take this slow, right? This concept is not one that you necessarily have to dive super deep into. But I think acknowledging, simply acknowledging that your most vulnerable emotions and expressions are coming from a place that goes way back are coming from a place that is that it is informed by a version of you that was just doing what they needed to do to keep themselves safe. And that viewing those parts with shame and trying to suppress them and punish them is never the way toward healing. That is not the way of belonging to yourself. Continuing to breathe deeply in through your nose and slowly out through your mouth. I'm going to share with you a mantra. Some of you have heard this. Um, This is something I actually use with my kids. So you might know my wife and I are foster parents. Right now we have four kiddos between the ages of five and ten in our house and two of them with special needs, all of them, you know, experiencing the, the trauma of separation from their biological families and the kind of the stress and the tumult of that. And something that we help them to practice when they're feeling big feelings is to breathe deeply, exactly what we're doing right now, right? A lot of deep breathing exercises in our house, but also three phrases that we repeat in order that help us to get calm and grounded in our body. Now, in the example I'm giving you, I'm using them with actual children, but you know, all of us have an inner child within who at the moments when we're feeling big feelings, we're feeling vulnerable, afraid, ashamed, we can soothe that inner child with some of these phrases. And so as you're doing this, I'd love for you to place a hand on your heart or both hands. I like to do both hands. It feels nice not only to connect with your body and be able to really embody these words as you're saying them, but 
to really feel that connection to most tender vulnerable place which is your heart and so I'm going to repeat these phrases a few times and depending on where you are you know you can kind of judge your own environment if you'd like to just hear these and receive them that's fine if you'd like to repeat them after me and actually say them out loud I think it's powerful to embody ideas um, for us to, to say them out loud hear them in our own voices that can really help us to internalize messages Or if you'd like to hear me say them and then repeat them back in your mind, that's fine too. But as you continue to breathe, I would like you to remind yourself of these three things. I am safe. I am loved. It's okay to feel my feelings. I am safe, I am loved, it's okay to feel my feelings. I am safe, I am loved, it's okay to feel my feelings. One more time, I am safe, I am loved, it's okay to feel my feelings. One more deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Remembering that you can return to this space anytime, anytime that those difficult emotions come up for you, anytime that you are feeling deep feelings, big feelings, you're not sure what to do with them, you're feeling the shame that comes up when you're accessing the emotions of that inner child. And you can remind yourself and remind that inner child version of you, that inner child part of you, that you are safe, you are loved, and that it is okay to feel your feelings. This is a practice of belonging to yourself. Take a few more deep breaths. Start to wiggle your toes and your fingers. Wake up your body. Reacclimate yourself to your surroundings. And know that you are so loved, all of the parts of you. There's room for all of it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. 
see you next time.